0: Welcome to Minnesota Matters. I'm Scott Peterson, and I'm joined by MNN's Bill Werner, Tasha Radel, and Mike Grimm. We're going to delve into what's going on in the North Star State. If it matters in Minnesota, we've got it covered. This week, managing holiday stress, Waseka competes for a half-million-dollar small business boost and a shot at reality TV, and Golden Gopher linebacker Mariano Marin. But first... This was a second week of impeachment hearings in the U.S. House as Democrats continued calling witnesses to support their allegations that President Trump made military aid to Ukraine contingent on a promise by that nation's leader to investigate Democratic rival Joe Biden. MNN's Bill Werner joins us for a look at how Democrats' political offense is going. Scott, the fundamental political question is, are these hearings moving the needle on public
1: opinion about whether the president should be removed from office? Carlton College political analyst Stephen Shear talked with us about the findings in a new poll of Minnesota voters.
2: The hearings audience is skewing Democratic. A 12 percent higher proportion of Democrats are watching than Republicans or Independents. It shouldn't surprise you that those people who are actually watching the hearings are more supportive of impeaching and convicting the president, given that it's a more Democratic group.
1: The question is, Democrats are attempting to build a case here. They're doing it on at least a quasi-national stage. Is it getting any traction to the point where they uh, they might be able to proceed with this beyond... A vote in the United States House of Representatives, you know, presumably they got the votes, they would probably vote to impeach. But but does it go any, is it getting any traction or building any momentum to go beyond that?
2: Well, if you look at both the national polls and the Minnesota polls, they've been pretty stable. That support for impeaching and convicting is usually a little short of half the public, and it's sort of frozen there. And Democrats need to move that up considerably in order to be- build political momentum to remove Trump from
1: office. Well they they would have to they have to get a conviction in the Senate. Yeah. And yeah. and that it seems like would would have to have a massive leaning toward, toward impeachment in the, in the public forum.
2: Right. We're going to have to get uh, 15 Republican senators to vote to impeach and remove a Republican president. And at this point, we have had no Republican publicly come out in favor of uh, convicting the president. So uh, it's a long way away from conviction
1: and and their position to their voters would be defensible, given those national poll numbers, right, that it's right. kind well, of even supported. In other words, no, 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 no
0: putting right. their, look, their
1: neck out on the chopping block by doing it. Right. right.
2: If you look at both the national and the recent Minnesota poll, you see that over 80% of Republicans uh, oppose impeaching and convicting President Trump. And that really needs to change before you'll see uh, Minnesota Republican uh, members of the House and uh, for Republicans generally, nationally, to be voting for impeachment or conviction.
1: Carleton College political analyst Stephen Sheer. Democratic presidential debate number five this week, and the ten hopefuls, including Minnesota Senator Amy Klobuchar, took aim at President Trump as impeachment hearings continued.
3: This is a president that not only with regard to his conduct uh, with uh, Ukraine, uh, but every step of the way puts his own private interests, his own partisan interests, his own political interests in front of our country's interests. Despite that statement,
1: Klobuchar would not, unlike some of her Democrats, Democratic rivals say how she would vote on the removal of President Trump from office.
3: I have made it very clear that this is impeachable conduct and I've called for an impeachment proceeding. I just believe our job as jurors is to look at each count and make a decision.
1: Rival Elizabeth Warren took a stronger stance saying of course she'll try to convince her Republican colleagues to vote to remove the president from office.
4: We have to establish the principle no one is above the law. We have a constitutional responsibility and we need to meet it.
1: And in this week's debate, Klobuchar was among the Democratic contenders taking shots at the current frontrunner in Iowa, Pete Buttigieg. He said federal leadership is needed to ensure every American has equal access to the ballot box. Klobuchar's response.
3: This is a good example uh, where he has said the right words, but I actually have the experience and of leading 11 of the bills.
1: Buttigieg fired back. Washington experience is not the only experience that matters. There's more than 100 years of Washington experience on this stage. And where are we right now as a country? Klobuchar's poll numbers have improved, but are still only in the 6% range in Iowa, well behind the pack of Democrats jostling for front-runner status in the Hawkeye State. Governor Tim Walz said after a weekend of campaigning for Klobuchar south of the border...
5: We were with a lot of folks down there, a lot of really high-profile. I think the thing that's maybe missing at this point in time, is the number of influence leaders who are endorsing uh, Senator Klobuchar.
2: This is a real challenge for Senator Klobuchar, is that even though she has qualified also for the December debate, she's just just not moving very much, um, and especially, again, that critical swing state or that critical first state of Iowa.
1: Hamlin University professor David Schultz. Klobuchar has qualified for the sixth Democratic presidential debate next month. But, Scott, the real make or
0: break for her will be February 3rd of 2020, the Iowa caucuses. Thank you, Bill. Minnesota Matters returns after this.
3: Don't you wish that getting your child to eat right, move more, and spend less time in front of a screen could be as easy as pushing a button? It might not be that simple, but you do have more power than you know. And you can maximize that power with proven strategies, tips, and tools from the National Institutes of Health's We Can, or Ways to Enhance Children's Activity and Nutrition Program. We Can offers all kinds of resources, including fun recipes and activities the family can do together to show you the way to live a healthier lifestyle. We're not saying it's easy. We are saying that it can be done. Take the first step today. Call 1-866-359-3226 for a free We Can Parents Handbook. And be sure to visit the We Can website at wecan.nhlbi.nih.gov for free information, too. A message from the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services.
0: Welcome back to Minnesota Matters. For many, the holiday season, filled with gift buying, travel, and entertaining, is the most stressful time of year. MN's Tasha Radel explains.
6: It's hard to believe the holidays are right around the corner. Joining me now is Dr. Mary Jo Kreitzer with the University of Minnesota. Mary Jo, let's start with this: Why would supposed to be a holly jolly time of the year turn so stressful for some?
4: Well, Tasha, that's a great question, and I think the number one reason why people feel stressed at the holidays is expectations. Um, expectations we sometimes have of ourselves, that we have of others, and that uh, others have of us. You know, when you think about it, it's a time when people um, feel, you know, a lot of expectations around what they should do, whether it's baking, shopping, decorating, entertaining, and there's just too much to do in, in too short a time. Um I often say our schedules fill up and our pocketbooks empty. And so I think expectations cause um, a, a high degree of stress. And there are things that we can do about that.
6: And Mary Jo, another thing too, um, you know, I'm guilty of this. I, you know, if I'm hosting, let's say, I feel guilty asking for help. I, I don't know why that is. Do you encourage folks to ask for help if, you know, if they're in the weeds?
4: Absolutely. You know, whether they're in the weeds or not, it's fun when people contribute and and help. So I think asking for help um, is really important, Tasha. You know, and I think we just have to let go of, you know, having everything perfect and and having things just sort of, you know, a certain set way. I also really encourage people um, to be flexible, you know, really cultivate flexibility over the holidays, flexibility around what you do, who does it? When you do it? You know, I think it's, um, you know, a, a group that experiences a lot of stress around the holidays are young parents, um, that, you know, have not only their children, but their parents and their spouse and partner, and they m- uh, might have multiple sets of families that they have to be, you know, doing things with and accommodating over the holidays. And, and, you know, I just really encourage people to think about quality of time. And maybe let go of having everybody in the same place at the same time or celebrating the holiday on the holiday. And so ways I think that we can support young families, you know, with kids to not feel such pressure and such stress over the holidays is also Really important.
6: Another thing I I was reading a little bit uh, about your background and getting prepared for today's interview, and this really hit home to me on how mindfulness can play a role in reducing stress. Can you explain that to our listeners?
4: Sure. You know, mindfulness um, is being um, in the present moment and as, you know, easy as that might sound, it's actually very hard to do. We spend a lot of our life thinking about the future and thinking about the past. And and when we cultivate, like, being in the present moment, I think, Tasha, it enables us to enjoy much more the sights, the sounds, the smells, the feelings, the emotions of what's going, you know, going on around us. We also know that um, when we are in a state of being mindful, we can actually connect to people in a deeper, more authentic way. We can be more empathetic. We can be listening better. Um, and we also can choose how we respond um, to a situation. So th- another stressor over the holidays is often family tensions and family conflicts. When you get families of origin together, there are old stories, there's old history, there's family dynamics, there's things that emerge. and. Um, you know, we all have maybe experienced or sort of heard of stories that you have these big family gatherings and people get together, and somebody brings up an old issue, an old story, an old memory that you know will, will trigger people. When you're mindful, um, you can notice how you're feeling in the moment and better choose what your response will be. And so, instead of being reactive, which might escalate the situation. When people are in a mindful state, they can actually, when they notice how they're feeling, they can choose how they want to respond. And that might be to respond in a different way later. It might be to completely withdraw yourself from a situation.
6: Well, lots of great information, Dr. Kreitzer. Was there anything else you wanted to hit on today that I didn't bring up?
4: Well, there is actually one other topic, Tasha, and that is the fact that... um, not everybody feels joyful at the holidays. Um, and again, according to, you know, a study by the National Alliance for Mental Health, it's estimated that 66% of people feel lonely. Um, 50% are unable to be with their families. And so I think it's that, it's really important that we be attentive to that. And, um, if, if, if we know people that, you know, are alone, reaching out and, and including them, and if people are lonely and don't feel a sense of connection, ways that they can get connected are often um, by volunteering and getting you know, engaged in that way. And there are also people who have experienced significant losses or are in a state of really grief. Maybe they've had a recent loss of a parent, a spouse, a partner, a child. And I think it's important that we support people that are experiencing loss and grief over the holidays, and 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 realize that they may not want to participate um, in the same way. Um, it's important that we acknowledge the person who's missing, um, if it's somebody who's died. And sometimes, you know, people are afraid well if I bring up, you know, that um, you know Sally died, it's going to make the person sad. You know, Sally's, you know, your daughter. Uh, you know, for example but absolutely you know that loss will be on uh, the person's mind and so I think there's so many ways that we can support people that are experiencing loss and grief and it's just important I think to recognize that that is a factor um, and when somebody's experienced a big you know loss you um, They may choose even for, you know, a time to have very low-key holidays, not celebrate the holidays in the same way, maybe not be as engaged and attend as many social events. And that might be good. That might be their way of of coping. And it doesn't mean that they'll never be happy again at the holidays, but for them, the holidays They they, may always be different. They won't be the
6: same. Thanks again to my guest, Dr. Mary Jo Kreitzer with the University of Minnesota. Back to you, Scott.
0: Thank you, Tasha. Minnesota Matters returns after this. Welcome back to Minnesota Matters. Waseca has a shot at being on a TV reality series that could net them $500,000 aimed at boosting area small businesses. Reporter J.W. Cox has more.
7: Scott, the Waseca Area Chamber of Commerce knew it would be an uphill battle to get noticed by the producers of Small Business Revolution. Chamber Executive Director Ann Fitch explained how they set themselves apart from a pool of more than 6,000 towns from across the nation.
8: Small business revolution. It was started by the Deluxe Company, which is a company in Minneapolis that helps out small businesses with marketing and finance and innovative solutions on how to just be a better small business. Small businesses and small business owners, they have a great idea. They're able to maybe open a storefront, start their business, but they don't have a ton of knowledge about financial statements and what's the right avenue for marketing. Um, so that's where Deluxe uh, comes in. They want to know what's going great and what are the things that we could really use help with. And the main thing that I touched on was sometimes our small business owners and even our community has a hard time telling our story. As most Midwesterners know, being boastful is is not a quality that we're good at. We have a hard time talking about ourselves, and we need to talk about ourselves because we just have so many things to offer and then I didn't hear anything for probably three weeks until we watched the the live video that Waseka got in the top ten, and we were named first. And it was pretty amazing, to say the least. We had a group of chamber members that were meeting for breakfast, and we were kind of gathered around my phone in the local Pheasant Cafe. As we finished up our omelets and waffles, and uh, we kind of lost our minds for a minute. What do you
7: think? As you've gone through the process of applying to be even to this point, one of these top ten, was something that attracted the producers? Because I imagine it has to be a combination of yes, there can be work to be done on a small business side to improve things, but there also has to be in these towns a foundation where the small businesses are thriving. How did Wasika kind of walk that line where there was a need and maybe some areas where people could help, but also a strength in those small businesses that you've seen?
8: You know our downtown. We have a we have a pretty downtown. Um, it's but there are certain areas of it that does, they, that just doesn't pop. So we could use a little help with um, with an, updating our aesthetics. But we also have a thriving retail um, community in Waseca, which is no longer a secret. Um, just for instance, this this Thursday we have a big event going on our holiday stroll, and if if a woman wants to buy something, she's going to find it in Waseca um, from anywhere from home decor to uh, lifestyle to clothing. Um, it's pretty amazing in a town of less than 10,000 that a woman wouldn't have to leave Wasika to get clothes. Um, a family could live a holistic lifestyle without leaving Wasika. Um, There's there's just so much that we have going for us, and it's just so great to see that resurgence of retail, um, and we're really proud of that. And also, I think that we have a vision for our community. It's actually called um, Seek a Vision 2030. I let them know that we're not sitting here waiting for a savior. We have a plan in place, and (laughs) holy cow, could they help us expedite that plan? But, you know, if we didn't happen to win, our town's not going to end. That was inviting for them, knowing that we are doing something to help ourselves.
7: When you take a look at how small business plays a role in the local economy there, why is it such an important part and why is it something that you do need to have that plan, whether or not things move forward with the TV show from this point out? Why is it important uh, for people and businesses within the community to put small businesses in a place of importance moving ahead?
8: You know, when you have a lack of small businesses in your town, you have a lack of community. You know, whether it's a town of 500 and they maybe have a cafe and a locally owned gas station, those are necessities for a sense of community and having a community, even in a small town. So here, when your neighbor owns the local coffee shop, when your teacher's wife owns the local video store, um, it just creates that sense of community. And Without those small businesses, your community is cold and really doesn't have an identity. So that's why it's so important for small businesses to be supported in towns of every size.
7: What's the next step, and what can the town, the Chamber of Commerce, or whoever it might be, do to kind of boost Waseca's chances now that you're in the top ten?
8: But we'll really need to garner support from all over the state. We're the only city in the state of Minnesota that is in the top ten, which we are so proud of. And so we'll need the help of the state chamber, whether they ask their members to kind of support us and, and get support behind us. Uh, Greater Mankato Growth is a great neighbor of ours. They've already lent their support. Owatonna Chamber of Commerce, we'll lean on that. We'll take any support and good vibes from um, anybody in Minnesota. We'd love the chance to represent our entire state. And as far as right here in town in the chamber, the Small Business Revolution provides a, a starter kit for promoting the competition in your community, because this is all new to, to me, to us, I'm sure the other top 10 towns. So make sure everyone knows the huge impact that this could have on our community. That's our job is, is to cheerlead for uh, for our community and, and do what we can.
7: And then finally, as you look at this process, starts with more than 6,000 communities submitting applications to be a part of this program. What does it tell you about the commitment of Wasika as a town and the community to small businesses that this is where you stand now in the top 10 of those 6,000, at least as viewed through the lens of this TV show?
8: You know, I think it deepens the commitment from those of us who are always – working towards economic development and community development. And I think it sparks the interest in those people who have maybe been on the fringe and not sure how to help or what to do, gets them to jump in. So it it definitely casts a wider net. For supporters, not only of our small business community, but Waseca in general. We're, we're pretty awesome, and I'm hoping we can show the rest of the nation.
7: The list of towns will be pared down to a group of finalists after more visits next month. Then fan voting in
0: the month of January will determine which town gets featured. Scott, back to you. Thank you, JW. Minnesota Matters returns after this.
5: Who might you save?
3: Your mother, your father, your husband, uncle, aunt, son.
5: Learn fast, F-A-S-T, the sudden signs of a stroke, and you could save
3: your friend, your best friend, teacher, boss, coach.
5: F face drooping, A arm weakness, S speech difficulty, T time to call 911, F-A-S-T, face, arm, speech time. That's F face drooping, A arm weakness, S speech difficulty. T time to call 911. The sooner they get to the hospital, the sooner they'll get treatment, and that can make a remarkable difference in the recovery of
3: your neighbor, the waiter, a fellow shopper, a total stranger, grandmother, grandfather.
5: So learn FAST, the sudden signs of a stroke, then pass it on because you never know who might save you.
3: Your wife, your colleague, teammate,
5: Spot a stroke fast. Visit StrokeAssociation.org. Brought to you by the American Stroke Association and the Ad Council.
0: Welcome back to Minnesota Matters. The Golden Gopher football team is ranked 11th in the country, sitting at 9-1 and on the year with the Big Ten game this weekend in Evanston, Illinois. MN M&M Sports Director Mike Grimm, who also serves as the radio voice of the team, sat down this week with sophomore linebacker Mariano Sorimarin, who is from the Chicagoland area. There's a lot to talk about here, including why he chose to come to Minnesota, what this season has meant to him, and how eager he is to play in his hometown.
9: It's going to be a great experience. i got a lot of family and friends driving up. I'm from Mokina, Illinois, southwest suburb, so it's about an hour and a half drive. Um, but i got family and friends coming from all over the Chicagoland area. They're eager to see me. I look forward to playing in front of them, and I think there's going to be a lot of Minnesota fans out there you know, cheering us on, keeping us rowing.
10: Did you have to do a little brokering with teammates to find tickets for everybody?
9: Uh, you know, the tickets are tough to find, especially especially with how well we're doing. You know, but uh, guys are generous, so you know I was able to get a lot of tickets, and the family also had to buy a few. But you know, it's it's all good, and they're they're looking forward to seeing me.
10: You played high school football in the Chicagoland area, which obviously is tradition-rich. Providence Catholic is your high school. Um, you were part of a, a group that helped put that on the map, so to speak. I mean, it's a it's a famed high school, but you guys have had some success uh, here in recent years.
9: Yeah, no doubt. I mean, and, and even this year, they had a phenomenal year. They just made it to the quarterfinals. Um, unfortunately, had a tough game, but, you know, Providence Catholic is built on tradition. You know, we've put a lot of great players out of there, um, you know, the—, the football in the Chicagoland area is, is really elite. So, you know, Providence Catholic has been around for a long time and, you know, we're, we're on the map. And so that's what we're built on. And I look forward to continuing to watch Providence, you know, have success in the future.
10: Your journey to Minnesota kind of walk us through what led you to come here and play for head coach P.J. Fleck.
9: Yeah. So my sophomore and junior year, I I'd suffered collarbone injuries, So, you know, my recruiting was a little slow, but I went to a Nike opening camp. I had some good numbers and the Minnesota coaches had been talking to me for since they were at Western Michigan, and they wanted to see me come work out. You know, I had a phenomenal workout. They called me up, and uh, you know, I just fell in love with the place right when I stepped on campus. You know, Coach Fleck and his staff, the people here at the University of Minnesota are just phenomenal, and, and the players are great too. You know, these these young men that I work out and. And play football with every day are just are just my brothers. So you know, I fell in love with the place. It was a no brainer, and I'm I'm so happy that I'm here.
10: You're in your second year. Did you have any idea that the success uh, in terms of trying to to get this thing going would come this quickly? Sitting at nine and one and ranked in the top ten in the college football playoffs at this juncture.
9: I, I yes, I mean you know I believed in Coach Fleck. I, I think all the guys that committed here and and took part in this journey believed in Coach Fleck and. And you know, we're a tight knit group, you know, it's about us and so we're focused on us and we, we didn't have any doubt in our mind that we were gonna, you know, breed success this season.
10: You're playing a lot this year. You played special teams a lot last year. Got in on a few, uh, you know, downs from scrimmage, so to speak. in, in terms of regular defensive plays, and now you're, uh, you're, you're in quite a bit. Two part question: One, how much fun are you having, uh, having an impact? And then two, what's been the biggest transition from your days in high school in Chicago to now, um, you know, playing Big Ten football?
9: Yeah, I think the biggest transition is just being able to learn multiple positions you know back in high school I only played one position the Mike linebacker position but here the best way to get on the field is just know know all the responsibilities of the different linebackers and I think uh having to step up this season you know was was a task but the defense embraced me they trusted me you know we prepared together and uh You know, this defense is just phenomenal because no one person, you know, leads it. And I mean, we have leaders on the defense, but no one person is the defense. You know, it's it's a phenomenal group of guys. You know, everybody plays their role. Everybody does their job. And that's why we've had so much success. So, you know, I just love going out there with those guys and stepping up where I need to.
10: Alright let's talk about this game here uh, with Northwestern. Um, the Wildcats have struggled record wise but I know their defense has been good and um, at times I mean they put up 45 last week even though they've struggled at times offensively. What do you see from them when you watch them on tape?
9: Well make no mistake you know these are the defending Big Ten West champions so we take every week uh, you know as a championship season. We're 0-0 in the Northwestern championship season and the goal is to go 1-0. So you know we continue to change our best. We learned a lot from last week. There was some good there was some bad but you know we're, we're just changing our best every day and Northwestern is a very good team you know they they have a, y- a lot of young guys on offense and on defense you know there's they're very sound so you know we just have to bring our best because in November you know anything is possible so you know our job is just to bring our best, and uh, I think things will take care of themselves.
10: Yeah, you mentioned that now for the first time in a year. I mean, think about that. That you guys have had to come off of a loss and respond. What did you see from you and your teammates this week, coming off of a loss, which you haven't had to do yet this year? Did you like the the, the mindset heading into this one?
9: Yeah. Well, the main the main theme of the week is just respond. You know, and we we're always responding, good or bad. You know, we have to take that result and respond and and continue to change our best. So, you know, the guys were fired up to come in this week. We, we put an end to it on Sunday. You know, we watched. The film. We learned from it. Uh, we know what we did wrong. We know what we did right. So now this week is just embracing our past to create our future. We're going to take what we learned and continue to move this boat forward.
10: Very good. Have a great day in the greater Chicagoland area.
0: Thank you. The Gopher linebacker Mariano Sori-Mirin with MN M&M Sports Director Mike Grimm. Thank you, Mike. Of course, the Golden Gophers host Wisconsin next week with the Big Ten West title on the line at TCF Bank Stadium. Go Gophers. That's going to do it for this week. Thank you for listening, and please tune in again next week for Minnesota Matters on this MNN station.